For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking with Nicholas Black, who is the Program Resources Director at Harvest USA. Uh, Yesterday, uh, Nicholas shared some of the background, the origins of Harvest USA and the uh, work that they've been doing for for 35 years. And then we ended talking a little bit about this new resource that they have released called Alive Gospel Sexuality for Students. And I should have said it's through New Growth Press. And so people can visit newgrowthpress.org to purchase this study uh, or Amazon, I'm sure has it as well. Um, and so, Nicholas, uh, talking more about Alive, uh, w- would you walk us through some of the, the specific elements of this study? As we said, it's a 10-lesson it's a study. Yeah, um, we tackle all the issues that kids are going to be uh, dealing with today. We're talking, uh, we tackle pornography, we tackle sexual identity and gender struggles, we tackle... Um, um, you know, the hookup culture, the kids are already engaged in sexual behavior. We, we tackle same-sex attraction and, and, uh, and homosexuality. Uh, we tackle masturbation. Uh, we tackle all these particular things. So it's very topical in that sense. But one of the ways that the, the curriculum is structured is that when we, when we open up a topic, let's talk about pornography, for instance. The reality today is that every kid in your youth group has seen porn, and a significant percentage of them, not just the guys, but the girls as well, mm-hmm. are already uh, pretty much ensnared in looking at hardcore pornography. Yeah, it is still bent a little bit more toward guys, uh, but more and more uh, women are, are becoming ensnared with the visual stimulation of pornography just like like guys um so we we raise the topic and then each curriculum lesson uh is opening up with a scenario so it talks about for instance students who they look good on the outside they um you know they're behaving in school uh they're involved in their church youth group but at night or when they come home from school um you know the first thing they're doing is they're firing up their cell phones or their laptops, or their their uh, tablets, and they're engaging in porn, mm-hmm. and uh, they feel bad. Many of them feel bad about it, uh, and many of them are realizing that they're pretty much trapped in this particular behavior, and they don't know how to go, how to deal with it, and they're absolutely terrified to ask for help because mm. anything having to do with sex, the other S word is there. It's called shame. And shame does not push anybody out in the open. It actually locks people behind doors. Um, So we open up with a scenario, and then we have some questions that we ask the kids. Um, Questions like, um, 
And we don't focus first off on whether they're doing it. There's no question in this curriculum that says, okay, how many of you guys are looking at porn? <laughs> Raise your hands. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, but, they, the, the, but there couldn't be a question there like, do you know if this is an issue in your, in your peer groups out there in school and so forth? And that generally is going to be acknowledged. So this buy-in early on with the particular scenarios that are constructed, then we open up scripture to begin to talk about these matters. Um, so there'll be uh, uh, an engagement in, uh, for instance, with pornography. The focus about pornography is not merely to say looking at sexual images is bad. You know, that, that's just, again, a more of a scare morality-based approach. We want to help students understand, but why are you looking at this? Mm-hmm. What's the draw? What becomes the obsession in your life for looking at this? And so what scripture does all the time and what we try to do in the curriculum is we go to the human heart. What are you getting out of this behavior? What, what are you pursuing? Um, even though there's negatives here, it's sort of like an addiction. Um, you know it's, it's really having uh, negative effects on your life but you're still doing it because you're getting something out of it. What is it? Um, And then, of course, there's other issues involved with pornography use. Uh, Not only is there shame and guilt, there's secrecy and lying and deceit and cover-up. And that begins to corrode a person's character from the inside out. So we throw all these issues out there, and we just want the students to begin talking about them. And um, we we also want to know how they're thinking. So we encourage the leaders not to say to a student, um, you know, hey, that's, that's an incorrect way of thinking about it. Um, you may and you will need to say, well, Scripture thinks about it this way, but you think about it that way. The goal isn't to, to be argumentative in a persuasive way in the study to get people to only say what you want them to say. Mm. We want them to get out what they're already thinking. Uh, or what their peers are thinking, and where the pressure is on them to change their views, um, to move away from a scriptural view of sexuality toward a cultural view of sexuality. Get it out in the open. And one thing that we find in youth groups, because I've used a couple of chapters with this in my own youth group at church, is how you won't even have to do all the talking as a leader. Eventually, the kids are talking to one Mm -hmm. another. That's, That's when you know the discussion has 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 worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you've yeah. got uh, when you've got the students talking back and forth to one another, and mm-hmm. even some of them occasionally will be bold enough to say, "Yeah, I've got a problem with that." Um, we don't encourage uh, you know a, 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 a totally open, transparent, confessional yeah. for this, uh, but it is interesting to find that some kids will begin to say, "Yeah, I, um, this is a problem." Hmm, for okay. sure, yeah. Yeah, that's when the youth leader can can come up to that particular guy or gal and afterward and, and begin to find a way to, to help them. Yeah, so that's, sure. that's really the, the whole thing is uh, the goal is something that every youth group can uh, or a youth group leader can can um, can realize in that is is not have I convinced them that scripture is right on this? Well, obviously that would be the best goal. But have I got them to think in a way that Scripture now has more power in terms of how they think about these things? That Scripture is relevant when it comes to sex, sexuality, and identity? 
And also, if I'm going to live for Christ, um, I can live with this very powerful thing God has given me in a way that I can honor him, but I can't do it alone. That's another theme that's written all the way through this curriculum is you cannot do this alone. Mm -hmm. This Christian life is meant to be lived in community and in the body of Christ. So that's, that's a key thing. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And and so so, something that you have in there that, that I appreciate is, is a helpful caution uh, in the introduction, just kind of saying whoever is facilitating this discussion that, most likely the students you're talking to are, are wrestling with some of these issues or may have baggage that could bring about, you know, fear and guilt yeah. and shame. And so kind of something going along with that, just how do you think churches and families could best utilize this material? And, and with, you know, the caution there and knowing that there could be some uh, topics that are covered that could be uncomfortable to discuss and, you know, a mixed gender class. I know there's a lesson on masturbation. Yeah. So, so just helping us think, how, how can churches best utilize this material with some of those cautions in mind? Yeah, uh, probably a couple of things here, John. One is, uh, yeah, go into the class. This is not a lesson on um, economic theory, you know. <laughs> uh, this is a lesson on sex and sexuality and uh, you are dealing with students, particularly if they're younger, let's say seventh, eighth grade, where they're beginning to understand themselves and experience themselves as sexual beings. That's how God created us. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are very powerful issues in their life, and they can be very confusing, not just because sex in the context of no one talking to them about it is confusing but also sex in the context of what the world is teaching us through the internet and media, you know, contributes to that, uh, to that confusion. So understand that, that what you're discussing can be, um, can be scary, particularly for younger students. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we just don't know, even in the church, what's going on in someone's home. Mm-hmm. So we sense that there's a whole chapter in here about what to do if someone if, if a youth uh, says, I'm, I'm being abused in the home, you know, we can't just deal with an issue like that within the church. We have a moral and legal obligation to get outside authorities to be involved in the, in the healing process for that. So you got to be in tune with um, the reality that some kids that you are going to be talking to may actually be undergoing um, abusive, uh, uh, being, being abused right at this moment. Hmm. And that's a tragedy we have to be aware of. Hmm. Thirdly, the other caution is, yeah, uh, the Cooper and Dan who wrote the book did say, um, this material is best used in gender specific classes. I tend to agree with that when the classes are on the younger age scale. Um, there's still too much awkwardness about these issues when you're dealing with kids who are in seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the topics can actually be quite beneficial to discuss in a, in a mixed gender group when the kids are older. And I'm, I'm primarily talking about later high school or, or college age. Um, that's, that's possible. Some topics are, I think, a little too sensitive to discuss in a mixed group. The discussion on masturbation being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to recognize that, you know, virtually every kid is struggling with this particular behavior. 
and they're incredibly confused about why it's sinful in the first place and what's wrong with it. But I think that in their hearts, they know, mm, I, I shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. And if you're going to deal with that on a discipleship level, um, working with a woman leader, working with girls is going to be the best venue. Likewise with, with the guys, a male leader with, um, with male students. Definitely. Yeah, that, that, that's helpful to hear. And I know we're about to uh, close this one down for the day. Do you, do you have any advice on an appropriate age to use this material? And I know that's kind of a, a difficult question to answer and it's different for every family, every church culture, all of that thing. But any, any words on just what age you think would be helpful to start this home? <sighs> yeah. You know, I, I, I said, I, one of the things I'm seeing more and more is that the culture is pushing these discussions on our kids at a younger and younger age. You know, when I hear that, um, a 10-year-old boy has identified himself as either gay or transgender. I'm thinking, how did he get there? Hmm. How did he even come to that understanding? Um, so I, I would definitely say that in church groups, um, I think seventh grade is, is, is a fine time to begin this. Hmm. Sixth grade, you know, sixth grade students and having been a children's uh, pastor for a while, uh, the start of sixth grade, generally kids are still kids. By the end of sixth grade, you know, they've emerged out of the cocoon. Mm -hmm. they, are, they are youth now, you know, they're different creatures. Mm -hmm. um, the earlier, the better. I think seventh grade is a good starting point um, for this. We do think that this material can be used by parents who are working with their kids. Keep this in mind, though, that if you work with your kids, know that there's going to be a, a greater awkward factor <laughs> in getting a discussion going. Mm -hmm. And it's more safe for them to be in an environment where it's not just personally centered on them, parent to child. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I think seventh grade is appropriate. Sadly, though, John, I think we still have too many churches that feel like, no, I don't want my children exposed to material like that until they're well into high school. Well, I think you've lost You've lost the battle if you wait till that long. You really have. And, mm -hmm. and um, that's a tragedy for kids. It really is. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say one thing. There's a, there's, a, um, there's a woman I've talked to named Mary Flo Ridley who, works a, who has a ministry called uh, Birds and Bees Oh My in, in Dallas. And uh, it, her, she has a curriculum for, for parents to teach their kids about uh, sex at an early, from an early age great material. She uses this expression, pick your pain. I love it. What she means by that is many parents will back away from discussions about sex with their kids because it's just too painful. It's too awkward. And she just very wonderfully and wisely says, but pick your pain. Do you want the pain of the awkwardness of working with your kids on this and you working through that with them? Or do you want the pain of watching them struggle and fail and get get involved in all sorts of things because you've been silent. Mm. Which pain do you want? There's going to be pain somewhere along that spectrum. Mm. And she's right. Pick the earlier pain and work through that. Because discipling your kids on sexuality is discipling them into the type of adults they're going to become. Mm. And that is such a good word. That's such good advice and counsel. And, and like you said, I think an appropriate word, tragic that so many churches are not 
discussing this sooner. And I mean, obviously the church is the place we need to be having these types of discussion, obviously the church and the home. Um, so that's a very good word. And, and again, this is a helpful resource that will hopefully I hope churches initiate that discussion and, and parents as well. So please be sure to tune back in tomorrow as we continue our discussion with Nicholas and specifically talking about uh, some, some things he would say to teenagers about biblical sexuality. So more with Nicholas tomorrow. Thanks again, Nicholas. Thank you.